I realized that I don't have time to do everything by myself. There is not enough time in my day. And so right now I'm partnering up with people. And it took me four and a half years to find the right kind of partner. I think we have to be very selective about who we partner with, even though I'm not at the number of facilities that I, I would want it to have been, but I think it's better to be safe than sorry later. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is Stephanie Boldrini. Today we're going through her experience buying a car wash, and it didn't quite work out the way she expected, and she's being kind enough to share the most important, most critical lessons from that experience with us. Mistakes that were made along the way, things that she would do differently, and why she doesn't invest in car washes anymore, why she shifted from that car wash strategy into self-storage investing, what she's doing now in self-storage, how she intends to continue to scale her business through partnerships, meeting partners, evaluating partners, everything along those lines. There are a lot of people out there today talking about buying car washes as though it's kind of a set it and forget it kind of business. Well, that's not quite reality. And today, Stephanie is kind enough to share her experience buying a car wash and it not going quite as expected with us. I always appreciate when folks are willing to come on the show and talk about a deal that didn't go quite as well as expected and why it didn't go as well as expected then also why they made a pivot into other strategies. And Stephanie has been kind enough to share that knowledge with us today. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, and I focus on multifamily and self-storage investments. To date, I have acquired, invested in, partnered on, or otherwise had a hand in over $150 million of commercial real estate investments. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form and schedule a call, and I'll look forward to speaking with you soon. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. That's when we're here. That's when we're doing it. That's when we're helping you escape the Wall Street casino. Once again, our guest today is Stephanie Boldrini. We're talking about car washes, a deal that went wrong, and why she pivoted to self-storage investing. Let's go. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. For our listeners out there who don't know about you, your business, and your background, can you tell us about what you do, what you invest in, all that great stuff? Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I really appreciate it. So I'm Stephanie Baldrini, and I have been doing real estate investing full-time for almost five years. It's crazy. It feels like yesterday. I started, I, my knowledge has been in the retail space, and then I purchased some car washes, self-storage, and short-term rentals. And right now I'm only focusing on self-storage moving forward. Awesome. Okay. So there are a lot of topics we could talk about today. And specifically, I'd like to learn more about car wash investing. It's growing in popularity, or at least it seems to be. I've actually owned a car wash before, kind of accidentally. We sold it pretty quickly. But <laughs> I'd like to learn more about how it works and your experience, because it sounds like you've got some some interesting experiences in the car wash space. Absolutely. So the reason I came across it is because there were no deals in the beginning of my career that I could find. I was not doing anything off market or finding or looking for properties off market. And this portfolio came along with that included a self-storage facility. And it had some car washes in there. And these are all self-serve 
like you wash your own car type of car washes. And the numbers looked great. And I said, how hard could it be? This is an asset class I have know nothing about, but I know numbers and I know real estate. So <laughs> I decided to purchase them. Note that they are two flights away from me. So going against my mentor's recommendation of purchasing something that is two hours driving distance from you instead of two flights. And in a completely new market that I never, in a completely new asset class that I never even went to a conference to begin with to meet people or even for feedback. So that's my first mistake there. And soon I learned that at least, you know, when you're not local and in my case, it has been extremely difficult to manage and maintain the cash flow. It was great for the first year because we had an employee that we inherited. And then unfortunately, that fantastic employee sadly went to jail and that was just one of the many problems. And then everything else went down from there. So at this point, we are honestly not doing that great. I'm looking at exiting the car washes and just focused on self-storage. So the reason why I would personally not do another car wash is because, number one, I don't want to learn this asset class. Number two, I don't want to deal with employees that work in this asset class. and if somebody has a, a network of, uh, they have access to fantastic managers that will be able to manage local employees, by all means, is a great asset class. But I do not want to deal with that. And in this market that I am, we could not remove all coin acceptance because a lot of people there do not have cash, do not have credit card or debit cards. So there are a lot of break-ins that happen and also theft by the next batch of employees that I hired. So it has been quite a ride. And personally, I wouldn't, I don't even want to wash my car <laughs> <laughs> nowadays because it has been pretty tough. <laughs> well, I appreciate and I, I, I thank you for being willing to share this experience with us because for newer listeners out there who maybe haven't invested in real estate yet, it's just a fact that eventually you're going to have a deal that goes sideways. Maybe you didn't know something getting in. You didn't know the full picture, whatever. Maybe you didn't take a mentor's advice as much as you should have, as as you mentioned in this deal. So yeah. I'd like to go through some of the kind of tough lessons that you've learned, especially with this asset class kind of gaining in popularity so much. Yeah. I always like to talk about, you know, the 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 downside or the the, the dark side of these different asset classes. So let's go through some of these tough lessons. You you mentioned about having a good employee, but then he went to jail and I guess you weren't able to find someone new that could do the job and kind of show up on time. Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah. So because I'm not local, I'm not able to manage these people face to face. And I have found out that it's hard to interview for the right person with the budget that a car wash has, right? You're dealing with a certain level of people. And yeah, it's something breaks every single day and they have to be on top of it because if not, it's just, it's just going to pile up and it's going to be very bad. So you have to have a fantastic on-site person. And if you're able to find that, then great for me has been a bit difficult. Okay. Okay. You also mentioned that the property is the car wash that you bought 
was two flights away. I imagine you mean you had to connect somewhere and get <laughs> on a second flight. So yeah. that's pretty far away. And uh, you had also mentioned within a two now investing within a two hour drive of your home. How has that you know distance lesson impacted your current investment strategy? For self storage, thankfully, as you as you know, we can manage remotely. So self storage is so easy compared to to car washes, night and day. So for that, I'm still investing below the sun belt in good markets. So we don't have to deal with snow. But yeah, if it's something that is very hands-on, I would recommend doing in your backyard. So is that because self-storage is comparatively more straightforward to automate and put software packages in place and, you know, get rid of like the change collection and just put everybody on, you know, credit yeah. cards and bank debit? Is yeah. that why? Yeah. That and for people that don't have credit or debit card money orders. What we're doing now is we're accepting pictures of the money order. And so nobody has to go on site to, to deliver their money orders. We do not accept cash. So they just send a picture front and back and it's deposited online. And it's a lot easier to manage. There are much less moving parts, a lot less number of people going to the facility compared to car washes as a constant nonstop flow, right? So yeah. So, and I have to say that something that I always tell people also, you have to invest based on what is important to you. If only money is important to you, by all means, go with car washes. They, their returns are fantastic. I was doing 55% cash on cash. Whoa. So, <laughs> you know, so, but it took my entire year managing that remotely. So <laughs> self-storage does not have the same cash on cash returns, right? But you have time and you have time to invest in other deals. So uh, really think about what is what is important to you in your investing strategy. Absolutely. Time is a very important factor for me. And I'd encourage folks out there to think about your time as your most important asset, because it's truly the only thing that we can't actually get more of. We can get more money. We can never get more time. How has this experience impacted the way you do like physical due diligence and going and, you know, looking at the properties, but also maybe bringing in contractors or having people examine the physical structures themselves, or has there not really been much of an impact there? It, there has not been an impact so far. I have never seen my properties, either never seen them in person or only saw them when I was closing on it. So I think in today's world with technology, you are, we're all able to do that by hiring an inspector and things like that and asking for, you know, local recommendations from people for the best contractors. So in that perspective, it has not impacted me too much, but I have to say that you also have to be mindful of adding that potential 10% decrease, 10, 20% decrease on business to everything you invest in because things can happen. So really do your due diligence and think about you know, potential downturns as we are experiencing right now. All these people that have their mortgages coming up, a lot of them that were spread too thin with a 4% cap rate, they're going to lose their properties. There is no way to refinance at 7 8% rates and still be able to make the full payments. So are you seeing that impacting the self-storage space as well? We hear that a lot in multifamily, but self-storage is also financed as a commercial property. A lot of folks may be on variable interest rate debt. So are you seeing that in self-storage as well? I am seeing sellers starting to come to their senses. Last year, we made an offer on a property that 
did not make sense at their asking price. They said no. This January, the broker said, oh, we are in contract. We're going to close in February. You missed out. You got to be more flexible on your offers. And then I just saw the property come back in the market. I said, <laughs> what happened? So the buyer completely disappeared on them. So I said to him, you are welcome to call me and explain to me how this deal makes sense when we have a loan in it. Tell me step by step how these buyers in January, I told him, tell me step by step how, show me with the numbers, how are they making it work with the, with the, the loan? He never called, the property is out of contract, back in the market. And of course, if we have even make another offer, and this is going to be less than what we were offering back in December, it's just the market. Is that, okay, is that driven by the market and the changing interest rates? Or is it, there's some aspect, I mean, I would be tempted to like say, screw this guy. I mean, he was kind of a <laughs> jerk in the first place. Like, why should I give him the price that I offered before? Like, despite the changes in the interest rates and everything. Well, the market is changing and the more time that goes on, the more desperate the seller gets, depending on what situation they are. So they got to take responsibility for that as well. Okay, great. So I'd like to compare and contrast this, the car wash deal that you know didn't pan out it was your first car wash deal with your first self-storage deal when that happened and, and how that all kind of shook out for you, how things went differently and compare and contrast those experiences. So can you tell us about that first self-storage deal and just how things progressed in, in comparison to the, the car wash deal? Sure. So self-storage, thankfully, is going very smoothly. We did have a set of break-ins. That was a lot of fun, but the self-storage is, is flowing very flawlessly right now. So how do you handle things like, you know, deal sourcing and doing the run the calculations and you're actually evaluating the deal, deciding, hey, this is a piece of property that I want to own? Yeah, great question, Taylor. I realized that I don't have time to do everything by myself. I do not, there is not enough time in my day. And so right now I'm partnering up with people and it took me four and a half years to find the right kind of partner. I think we have to be very selective about who we partner with, even though I'm not at the number of facilities that I, I would want it to have been, but I think it's better to be safe than sorry later. So I have partners now that they have access to deals and I'm doing the syndication and it's been a journey. It's been fun. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's worth waiting for the right people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and building relationships definitely takes time. Did you you know, go down the path with any folks that didn't turn out to be the right fit? And was there like a sorting process mm -mm. where you came upon the right people? It was a sorting process and talking and observing and following your gut and spending time with them, all of it. So how do you think about your compatibility and team building and really working together with those partners? I found personally that you know, we have partnerships, but we also need to work together constructively as a team to you know, deliver on deals. Absolutely. You have to find the people that have your weaknesses as their strengths. My strength, I love building relationship with people. I love talking to people, setting meetings. I was in sales before, so I, I love the fundraising side of it. And, and they love finding deals and operating. So it's perfect. You don't want to have the same exact skill set in a partnership. Another thing that has been very helpful, there are some set of questions for 
co-founders when I was in the tech world that you should go through this 20, 30, or 40 questions before forming a partnership to understand what is important to them. And in these questions, one of the exercises is to talk to their spouse. And then just, you know, we all have to know each other, right? The spouse should know who they're working with as well. Do they have a good, good gut feeling about you as well? It's a really good exercise to go through with partners and disagreements will happen. That's true. That's an interesting idea. I haven't actually heard that one before. Are there any other surprising questions that kind of came up through that process of vetting partners, questions to ask things along those lines? Anything that might not be as, you know, expected? Say what is important to them? What What is their target number? Mine is a whole lot higher than some people. So... <laughs> You need to understand when they're going to peel out, <laughs> when is enough for them so that you understand, you know, what you're going to need at that time. Or if you need multiple partnerships as well in different, yeah, different kinds of partnerships, which okay. is entirely possible also. Is that in terms of the, the scale of how yeah. big you want to get? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how do you, when you, if you have multiple partnerships, how do you keep those different things you know, basically straight and, you know, sort the, the, the diff, not just the file management, but the contact management, thinking about your day and scheduling because you want to, everybody's going to have some level of demands on your time. You need to keep those things straight. So how do you kind of keep those all separated, make sure they're all getting the attention and care that they need? In my particular case, I'm, I'm just going to be raising funds. So that will be my business. I'm raising funds. So whether it be with this group or this group or this group, I know exactly what I need to do. And if I have a, any questions, I reach out to them. We have meetings. It's, it's, I'm, I'm literally just getting started and uh, pot on potentially multiple partnerships. Right now, it's just one. <laughs> so we'll, we'll explore that as the time goes by. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Scaling up. So investing in real estate, being a full-time real estate investor has enabled you to live a a, a, a remote lifestyle, if you will, as I understand you've been working from different cities for the year. Can you tell us about how that has worked for you and you know what that means to you as far as you know living the lifestyle that you want to live as an investor? It's, it's, it's good and bad, like everything else. I'm learning that every different city has the pros and cons. No city is perfect. And you also need to start finding friends from scratch in every city you go. So <laughs> at some point you might start to settle down on one or two cities. So that is my goal right now to potentially just have two places in two different cities. Mm. But yeah, thank, thank God for real estate is a great way to, <laughs> to do that. Awesome. Living the lifestyle you want to live. Great. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Are you looking for a way to easily track your rental property finances? Check out Stessa. Stessa makes managing real estate investments simple. You can easily keep track of the performance, finances, and the paper trail of your rental properties. Our listeners can get started for free and then upgrade at any time to unlock their more advanced tools. And the even better news is that the upgrade is very affordable and will not break your bank. Smart investors know that tracking the numbers, tracking the money, tracking the finances is what really drives your success. Check out Stessa. It'll make your property finances easier. Just go to escapingwallstreet.com, scroll down to the Stessa logo, and get started for free. Now back to the show. 
All right, Stephanie, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? NVIDIA stock. (laughs) I think it's still going to go up. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? That's an easy one. The car washes. (laughs) That one, that sounds like a pretty painful experience. And like I said, there has been a big rush for folks trying to get into car washes like it's just free money, but it's an operating business and there's always more to the story. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Follow up, follow up, follow up. So important. As a, as a buyer now moving from the sales side and becoming a buyer, I see that so many salespeople do not follow up. And anyone that follows up with me, I remember them, regardless whether I'm buying from them or not. You got to build a relationship. You got to follow up. It's not one and done kind of thing. So it's it, you have to be responsible for your business. And it is also about purchasing real estate as well. Sometimes you got to follow up many times over, build a relationship with the brokers or even the off-market seller. That would be my, my biggest advice there. Great. Following up with that jerk who said you need to be moral with your, <laughs> with your offers. Well, <laughs> Stephanie, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing these experiences in car washes and self-storage investing. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about what you're up to or anything like that, where can they track you down? Thank you, Taylor. That was great. I am on LinkedIn, Stephanie Boldrini, or my website is monicarlorei.com. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so, so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're building wealth on Main Street along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.